and happy weekend to you. Welcome in. It's the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you along. This one's going to be short and sweet today because Badgers football is finally back. And Badgers football in front of a crowd at Camp Randall Stadium for the first time in almost six, what, I think 651 days. Back today against Penn State. Joining me on the Doug Russell Podcast, as he has before, friend of the show, we welcome him back. Jay Kokorowski, senior writer from Badger Blitz on the Rivals Network, also a co-author of Walk On This Way, joins us on the show. Jake, appreciate the time. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me, man. And, uh, you know, less than 24 hours away from Wisconsin's 2021 season kicking off, and uh, I know I'm excited to be back in the press box, my friend. Be honest with me. There's a countdown clock in your basement, isn't there? Yeah, it may be on my phone. Uh, <laughs> every hour, on the hour, maybe half hour. We'll see. It yeah. really, you know, maybe for, except for the middle of the night. The wife doesn't like that, where it's beeping every every you know thirty minutes uh, in, when she's trying to sleep for work. But anyways, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited, man. It's uh, it, it, you know, I know Wisconsin didn't have the best season last year, underwhelming at four and three, but went through a lot. I know Penn State was four and five, lost their first five contests last season. Uh, so both teams trying to get off on the right foot with a huge cross-divisional clash, and we'll see how good both are heading into week one. Yeah, I mean, I love playing a big game right out of the shoot, and I know they still have Eastern Michigan coming up after this week's game, so I think there's going to be a little bit of a letdown. Certainly they probably will be for us. But what do you think about getting your Big Ten season going right away? Get you know game one right out of the shoot, like they're doing it this year. I mean, I know Fox loves it uh, for the ratings, but it's a uh, that's one thing. But it's also just I think it, it it provides a test. I think it also uh, I guess outside the program it allow. I mean, there's there's a lot of how do I put it? I just hype about it because you know the caliber program that Penn State normally is uh, and has been underneath James Franklin. You've seen how how just teams in general, you know, like when you have these big matchups, it, it does gather interest. And I think for fans, I mean, a home game against Penn State's huge, and that gets even more hype going and, and more excitement about uh, facing, you know, a big time opponent. That even though that they had a rough year last year, uh, they have plenty of weapons. It's plenty of talent. Penn State recruits very well normally uh, for the team. It, you know, it's a good chance to show a ch- you know to take on a challenge. You know, they did LSU two years in 2014 and 2016. They did Alabama in 2015 down at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. So, you know, having those big matchups it allows you to kind of see just how the team rises up and, and how they can take on a challenge. And, and Penn State's got some uh, playmakers on offense, particularly at wide receiver. Uh, and we'll see what Wisconsin, how their offense looks against, you know, Penn State defense that's missing some NFL-bound talent. Uh, but there's still plenty of, of players that can can make plays on that Nittany Lions defense too. So uh, I think it's just a, a great test, and it allows them to see where they're at uh, before going into more, you know, the, the first non-conference schedule and their first bye of the week in, in week three. Uh, so I think it's overall good for Wisconsin, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see to gauge where they're at. It's been pretty well documented, Jake, how Graham Mertz's season went last year. Some starts and stops with COVID, obviously. His incredible debut followed by some offensive droughts. What gives you confidence that he can fulfill the immense promise and hype that he had when the Badgers first landed him as one of their most highly sought-out recruits ever? Yeah, I mean, this is... Yeah, and you talked about the well-documented history. I mean, this Mertz, it, you, you've seen, it was a roller coaster year where lights the world on fire, 
in terms of just what he did against Illinois, uh, set a completion percentage single game record uh, with, you know, the 20 to 21 performance had 248 yards, five touchdown passes, which also tied a single game high. Uh, and so, you know, and then, you know, everything just kind of <laughs> tumbled down there a little bit, even, you, you know, along with the COVID cases uh, and the team having to cancel two games uh, thereafter, after that Illinois blowout, uh, they come back against Michigan, but, you know, he also, it was noted in, what was it? April uh, that he had, he injured his throwing shoulder. Uh, at Michigan. And so, well, you know, even though he told, you know, I asked him about that in the spring and he said, gosh, this is, you know, he, he made no excuses for it, you know, and he took, no, you know, he made no excuses, which to me stood out too, where he knew that he had to play better. Uh, and on top of the things that he also had other injuries at the skill spots of Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor missing the combined nine games. You had also overall just, you know, like the offensive line where, you know, Caden Lyles, was injured against Indiana. So they had a true freshman at center, uh, you know, Jalen Berger played in only four of the seven games. So, you know, the full offensive weaponry wasn't there, but he's also a redshirt freshman uh, at that point. He's a first year starter. There's going to be some mistakes that are going to be made. I don't care what type of recruit you are. You, know, you saw CJ Stroud yesterday, a very highly touted quarterback for Ohio state uh, have, you know, some errors there. It's going to happen. You can't play perfect. You're not going to be like, what he did against Illinois, uh, Mertz, you know, back in last year. But, you know, this, you know, I think, you know, he's going to take strides. Paul Chris is not just calling plays, but he's mentoring the quarterbacks. Once again, we know the track record that Paul has with those quarterbacks. And on top of that too, you know, I think just, you know, year two of, of a Chris led quarterback provides good things. It yields good things where on, on average, Alex Hornibrook most recently in 2018, or 2017, I should say. 2018 was a bad year for, for Henry Brook, but 2017 was a good year for him. Uh, 2010 for, for Scott Tolzien compared to 20, you know, 2009. You know, he had a great year in, in, in 2010. So you know, we'll see just what happens. And obviously, every year is different. A lot of different tangibles and factors that play into it. But I do feel that you know, and we saw it during fall camp and spring ball where he can still make every throw you want to, you know, you want out of a standout power five quarterback. Uh, we'll just see what happens throughout the season, but you know, I'm generally believing in the, you know, belief that really Mertz should take steps forward. And I think the offense is going to be better last you know, from last year. Thank you for dropping in the name, Alex Hornibrook. I didn't know that that was going to happen <laughs> on today's show. Um, Part of the bingo card that we had. Uh, you know. <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, let's go from quarterback to running back because for the last, I don't know, 25 years or so, the Badgers have always had great running backs, whether it was Dane or Gordon, White, Ball, Taylor. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I'm interested in your take on maybe it's the one-two punch of Ches Malusi and Jalen Berger sharing carries this season. But do you think that one of them, and I know Malusi's going to get the start uh, against Penn State, but do you think one of them will eventually carry the load significantly more than the other? I'm sure they'd like that uh, to have one back stand out, but we've also seen in the past that whether it's Paul Chris led offenses or even with Gary Anderson, having multiple backs uh, within an offensive set it, it is a great thing to have. And having, you know, back, even let's talk Gary Anderson real quick. You know, 2013, you had Melvin Gordon and James White with a formidable duel. And then the next year, you had Melvin Gordon and Corey Clement. Uh, before that, in 2010, you had John Clay, James White, and Monte Ball. And then the next year, you had Monte Ball and uh, James White. And so I think, you know, 
Grant, Wisconsin's been spoiled with running backs like Jonathan Taylor, you know, like a running back like Jonathan Taylor, where he could take on the bulk of those carries from 2017 and 2019. But I also feel that uh, I think there will be one back that takes more carries. Uh, and talking with Gary Brown, the new running backs coach for Wisconsin, he's the one that's tutored Ezekiel Elliott, Darren McFadden, uh, in his time in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. He believes, or he believed, you know, in early August that Malusi was a three down back, uh, which for those that don't know, essentially he can play all three downs. You don't have to substitute someone in maybe for third down for, for pass uh, you know, blocking, which is very key for a running back, especially in Wisconsin's offense. Uh, with, when it comes to play action and whatnot. So, but, you know, you have Malusi there. I think Berger could be that three down, uh, three down back too. Uh, both players have a great burst. They have, you know, I think Malusi's shown some great patience during fall camp and, and finding the holes, especially towards that second week of camp, I think, when the offense played a little bit better. And granted, they weren't, I think they were only in full pads, maybe two of the eight practices we saw. Uh, but you also saw, you know, just you know, when they're you know, the shoulder pads on, you're you're seeing some blocks made. You're seeing Malusi able to make cuts. Berger still has those intangibles, you know, good speed, can make a cut, uh, you know, and, and pull away. Uh, I think both can catch out of the backfield really nicely, uh, and you know, I think it's going to be huge for Wisconsin's offense if you can have those backs that can be that can be split out, maybe in the slot uh, and whatnot. And Berger had great, you know, he played everywhere in high school. Uh, for his team in New Jersey. So I'm, I'm waiting to see what they can do with him, uh, you know, out of the backfield in the passing game. Um, I do, you know, I'm taking that they would like to have someone step up and get those carries and be successful. But I also think you need someone to complement the main back and have a third option. Maybe that's Isaac Garendo, who, you know, stayed healthy during fall camp. And, you know, if his hamstring doesn't, you know, flare up or whatnot, he's got home run speed. He went, I think, 23.93 miles per hour uh, this, you know, this you know, summer camp, which uh, during summer condition, I should say, which, you know, extremely fast. You know, he said that he was the fastest on the team. I asked him about that. So if you can get that third option on the team, that, that plays a role. But you also have Braylon Allen, who's, you know, a true freshman, you know, four-star signing. Everyone saw what he did during the alternate spring season for high school football just a few months ago, you know, uh, for Fond du Lac. But he's 6'2", 238, and so maybe he could be a power back. Uh, and I know Paul said in his Monday press conference that, you know, he, you know, he liked, you know, he mentioned Grendel by name. He mentioned Allen th- saying that they think that he could bring something. But, you know, I think the top two will be Malusi and Berger just based on the depth chart and just what we saw in fall camp with them receiving, you know, the first team reps for the most part when Berger wasn't injured uh, for, you know, he was out for maybe a couple of practices, open practices, and then came back for that uh, fan open practice on the 21st. So, you know, there's, there's talent there. I think there could be a back that could pull away or maybe receive the bulk of the carries, but you're still going to need, you know, options. And Paul mentioned that where they're in a position where they need multiple backs to be there, not just to step up, but to play well uh, when called upon. Jay Kokorowski, senior writer uh, at Badger Blitz on the Rivals Network, also the co-author of Walk This Way, joining us. Kind of in that same vein, and I don't know if I've asked you this before, but I want to go off the field with Malusi for just a second. How important, in your uh, opinion, will be his experience at Clemson from this standpoint? 
yes, the Badgers are always in the hunt for a Big Ten championship, and that's great. And I have every anticipation that they're going to wind up in Indianapolis, probably taking on Ohio State, unless something catastrophic happens, although giving up 31 to Minnesota, I don't know that anybody really counted on that. Nevertheless, that's a different discussion for a different day. But Clemson competed for different things than what Wisconsin has traditionally competed for. Clemson competes for national championships. That's a different mindset than competing for a conference championship. How important is that national championship mindset, in your opinion, going to be when he's in the room with his new uh, teammates as the season goes along? It's funny you mention that. I actually am looking at the article I wrote back in August about Malusi, about his smooth transition to Wisconsin. And, you know, in that same conversation, I was talking with Gary Brown, where he mentioned that he believed that Malusi is a three down back. He also mentioned that Malusi was going to come in and bring a championship pedigree, a championship work ethic, a championship style of mentality that, that Wisconsin wants there. So, you know, he, you know, and according to Brown, this is verbatim. He's done nothing but prove me right since he's gotten here. Uh, and so that, I mean, that's huge too, where, a lot of people are talking about Wisconsin where they can get, you mentioned it, going to the Big Ten championship game. They've been close twice against Ohio State in 2017 and 2019. They haven't gotten over that hump yet. Uh, I think the, you know, the expectations are high every year for Wisconsin when it comes to uh, having, you know, uh, compete not just in, in tr- winning the Big Ten West, but what can you do now? That's like, what can you do now in the Big Ten championship game? And is college football playoff, whether or not there is expansion, can they break through and, and be a playoff team? Um, and I, I obviously you have an expansion, having 12 teams possibly down the road, you know, that makes it a lot easier. And Wisconsin would have been in the playoffs, uh, you know, two of the four years, you know, because of just if they would have expanded it, you know, you kind of do that retroactively there, but, you know, Malusi and even uh, say Graham Mertz, I'm just thinking back to Monday, just uh, in terms of, I'd asked him about just what Malusi did to, you know, claim that first team, spot on the depth chart. And he mentioned this, this the way his approach came in uh, and how he, how he made use of every rep that he had and, you know, came in with that smart, tough, dependable slogan that Wisconsin's had in the Chris, in the Chris era. So, you know, there are a lot of good intangibles there. He's got the on the field stuff and he has what everyone's talking about with the work ethic and, and, you know, that type of mentality that's only going to help them off the field too. And when they're trying to pursue, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the bigger, uh, objectives from what they've previously had, you know, set as precedent. Final thing for you is we're joined by Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at Badger Blitz. Uh, let's talk about Penn State in the remaining couple of minutes that we have with you. They've got a new offensive coordinator, Mike Urisich. He comes to Happy Valley with a reputation as being, I'll use the word aggressive, uh, on offense. Uh, Sean Clifford, certainly an experienced quarterback at Penn State as well. He's got a couple of good receivers. He's a decent but in my opinion, not game-changing runner, but a good, solid quarterback for Penn State. When the Nittany Lions come in to Camp Randall Stadium, what do you see from them? Right. I mean, looking offensively, you know, you talk about Yurcich and just what he did at Texas where he averaged 42 points and 475 yards per game. And Sam Ellinger threw 25 touchdowns, or 26 touchdowns, I should say, and ran for eight, uh, you know, for the Longhorns last year under his watch. But then he was a passing game coordinator, at Ohio State in 2019, in a year where Justin Fields threw 41 touchdowns, so only three interceptions. So, I mean, before that, he was at Oklahoma State, where you know you saw what Mason Rudolph did uh, down there in, in the Big 12. So, there's a great pedigree, uh, and I know that Penn State's hoping to 
have that influence rub off on Clifford and being more dynamic and being more explosive uh, and cutting out the mistakes. I think the, a big key for Wisconsin tomorrow will be making him as uncomfortable as possible in that backfield, getting pressure. I think Wisconsin can get pressure from all three levels of the defense uh, and, and getting there quick enough so that Clifford can't read uh, what's happening and, and obviously create some havoc, some turnovers, some sacks there. But, you know, with Penn State too, I mean, if they don't get pressure, you're looking at what, uh, a really ter- terrific duo in the Big Ten in terms of receivers with Jahan Dotson. He was a consensus third-team all-conference selection. Last year had 52 receptions. Uh, I think he had eight touchdowns for that matter. And then on top of that, you have Parker Washington, who Wisconsin tried to recruit, had him up for an official visit, uh, but officially you know, then committed to Penn State, signed, and he had 36 receptions you know, and six touchdowns on his end last year. So there's you know, that's a big duo. It could be a big challenge for Wisconsin secondary right off the bat. It's a senior-laden senior defensive backfield for Wisconsin where you have Caesar Williams and Fan Hicks at corner, Colin Wilder and Scott Nelson at safety. Now comes like, okay, you know, this is a senior, you know, this is an experienced bunch of players in that defensive backfield, that back third of the defense. You know, we'll see how they do and how they match up with this aggressiveness that you mentioned, you know, of Penn State, this new Penn State offense. And do we see that? This, you know, in the first week in week one, where they take more chances, or do they try to air out the deep ball to Dotson, uh, you know, and can, you know, the coverage keep up with it, especially because Wisconsin likes to run a lot of man coverage uh, at times, especially if you're going to be blitzing uh, and sending extra defenders. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, a big key matchup. And if Wisconsin can contain that, I think they come out uh, with a win in week one. Jake Kokorowski, senior writer at Badgers Blitz and on the Rivals Network, joining us here on the Doug Russell Podcast. That'll do it for this edition of the show. Again, like I said, this was a short and sweet one, just a Badgers preview. And, uh, of course, Wisconsin taking on Penn State at Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday. I'll have the pregame show in Milwaukee and in Madison on 97.3 The Game on the Big 920 and on 1310 WIBA starting at 7 a.m. Hope you can catch that. If you can't, we'll talk to you next time, either on the radio or right here on the Doug Russell Podcast. Have a great weekend.